and I thank you so much. Please open your Bibles this morning to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, as we continue in this Jesus series. And that's what it is, a Jesus series, as we look to the book of John. And we only have a few weeks left, and would you believe it, we'd be through the book of John in just over a year. I mean, if you take out the extra breaks we've had for some holiday messages or for some spontaneous series, just over a year, we've worked through the entire book of John. And I don't know about you, but I feel blessed by it, blessed. Today, we talk about having faith over fear. We talk about having peace. We talk about belief. We talk about how do we come to Christ and believe? How do we find reconciliation, redemption, through him. And we do this through looking at the life of Jesus' disciples and Thomas and himself appearing before them. And with looking at this, there's going to be two models, which I'll wrap up with. I'll, I'll give you later. You see, in looking to the life of the disciples that day and Thomas, we see two great models for how we should be serving Christ. But we also see in that two models for which we should toss aside as well. But before we go further, let me pray and we'll read over God's word together. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the blessing it is to our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we are not left alone in this world. You have blessed us with redemption and reconciliation through your son, Jesus Christ. You've blessed us with the great helper, the Holy Spirit. And Lord, through this all, we are reconnected with you and we're connected together with brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray now for the word that we're about to read. We pray that it would be edifying to our life, encouraging where, it needs, where we need encouraged and convicted where we need convicted. May it deliver life and truth to us all. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people said, amen. I have the scripture up in front here for you to read along, but I do encourage you to open a Bible as well because it won't be up for the entire time, and there's nothing better than having your own Bible opened, something you can make notes in, underline, highlight, and then turn back to, to be reminded of what God's been telling you and working within you. Let's read. John chapter 20, starting at verse 19, and this roughly page 852 in the Pew Bibles, it goes like this. Actually, I'll read from up here. On the evening of that first day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Verse 24, if you're catching up. Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. One pastor said, you see why you shouldn't miss the gathering of, of God's people? Why you shouldn't miss church? Big things happen. But really, there's a lot of faults to point out in the gathering of the disciples here. We'll talk about that later too. Verse 25, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe 
Again, if he was there, he could have seen this already, but he was not. But faults in them too. We'll talk. We'll talk later. Let's read on. Verse 26. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again. And Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Remember, the whole point of John's gospel here, the book of John, it's not a whole biography on the life of Christ, but it's all given to us for this purpose, that you might believe. Well, Jesus is addressing the weakest person in the room right here, right now. He sees Thomas in his point of need, in his weakness, and he doesn't come to him shaking his finger, condemning him. He comes to him saying, I know what you need. Here it is. Let's get you back on track. He says, do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Thank you for following along in the scriptures. As I said, we've been working through this book of John for a little over the year, a year now. And recently we've been talking about Jesus's betrayal, his arrest, the denial, his unjust trial, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. And we've been talking about many different words and phrases as we talk about that. Well, today we talk about the word peace. We talk about the word believe. We talk about the word life. We talk about faith. And we talk about fear. But in this, we talk about having faith over fear. You see, there's a great importance in our words, but there's great importance in how we use our words, with where we place our words. It's not that we must have fear over faith. We must have faith over fear. But we must place our faith in the right direction, in the right thing. It's most important, ultimately, at all times, in all things, that we must have our faith over fear, our faith being in Christ. In the hope that he brings to us. In this scene we just read, we read of much doubt, of much fear in the life of the disciples of Christ. Have you ever felt such doubt? Have you ever felt such fear that maybe you find yourself locked in a room, hiding away? And notice here, it's not always alone. Maybe you're locked away with other people, family, friends, people you don't even know, maybe it's strangers, maybe you're locked away metaphorically as, they, as you're at work, you're locking yourself away in fear. You know what you should be doing at this time, but you're not quite doing it. You've got the metaphorical doors locked away as you know you should speak up to what you believe in, to what you place your hope in, to what you have faith in, to where you know you find life, not just for today, but for eternity. And yet, you seem to lost the key to unlock that door and to let all this out. Sometimes you go into hiding. You go on a retreat, you call it. And as you go to this retreat, at first it sounds like a great idea. I'm going on a retreat. I got to find myself. 
But too often we go on a retreat to find ourselves when we forget about including God in that retreat and seeing where God wants us to go from that retreat. I better get back to my notes here, though. I think many of us have had many times of doubt, many times of fear, many times we're questioning, what do we do next? Where do we go? How shall we live in the world we're living in? And the problem is, too often we're focusing too much on our own wants, our own desires, our own safety, instead of having confidence and faith in what Christ has provided for us through his death, through his resurrection. And that's why Christ is appearing before these disciples to show them, look what I've done. I've done it for you. I've done it for you. Nonetheless, the disciples are here. They're fearful. They're doubtful. They're struggling. They're behind locked doors. And then one of them's fled. One of them's not with them. And we don't know. Maybe he went home. Maybe he's on his own little retreat trying to figure out what is going on. This man, he claimed to be the son of God. This man, he claimed that he was going to bring us to God. He was going to bring life. And now I saw him crucified. I saw him die. Maybe they know the proclamations, the declarations of Mary Magdalene. Maybe they don't. Maybe Mary didn't broadcast this to all these disciples. Maybe just a few. We don't know. But either way, we know this. They are crippled. They are crippled by their fear and by their doubts. And we too, too often, get crippled by our fears. We get crippled by our doubts. And by being crippled, we fail to act as we should. We fail to see where we're supposed to go. Truth is, as hard as fear and doubt might be, though, as crippling as it may seem, spiritual growth, maturity, and great things can happen through that fear. Studies have actually shown that our fear and doubts can lead us into a deeper spiritual maturity as we work through those things and see how God uses those things. In fact, many missionaries, I'm sure Ben could, could also have testimony to this, they see how, they go, how their people go through great trials, great struggles, great persecutions, even to the point of death. And yet Christianity grows within the lives of those people and within that area. Ben and I were talking a little bit over text this week after he told me about the rebels killing some people in the area where their, their coffee farming is and their ministry is. And we we're just praying for that. And I encouraged him to just see how God is working there and God is near there. And I don't know if I said it or not, but I can say it now that even though these horrific things are happening in that very area, we know that God's word will still go out. And he will be declared, he will be glorified, and more and more people will continue to come to know him. In today's scripture, we see all of this come true. In a very physical manner, though, you see the disciples, they're scared, they're fearful, they're doubtful. And yet through this doubt, through this fear, through this struggle, through locked door rooms... They will grow spiritually in their maturity as Christ comes. And what does he say? He says, peace be with you. In John 20, we get a front row seat while the disciples not only overcome fear and be moved to a point of gladness and believe, but they're also commissioned by Christ to go. 
It's a powerful passage with great application. I want us to dig in a little bit more piece by piece here. So I'm going to read some certain sections. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to have some more applications. Then we'll close with those two models, which I shared, you, we can, I shared that we can also see here. So if you have your Bibles open, please look down. I'm going to read verse 19 here through 20. And it says this. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his sides, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. You see, in the confusion, the aftermath of the death of Christ, what did the people do? They went back to what was familiar to them. They gathered together. They locked the doors, though. They locked the doors in fear. They're crippled by their fear. And that is when Jesus appeared. That is when Jesus appeared. He appears in a locked room. Now, there's different beliefs here. But the biggest belief you need to see is I don't believe he just opened a door. I believe this is a physical body, but it's a glorified body. It's a body which does not have to obey the physical things of this earth. And whether he just miraculously appeared like that or he just kind of phased through the door and here he is doesn't truly matter. But what matters is we see that he appears in the locked Room. Now, in the Greek, I was told, I read, that actually it wasn't just a door. It was through the doors, indicating there was at least two doors, but multiple doors. Maybe it was a double doors, like, into this worship center that were bolted across by a bar. Doesn't really matter what matters. Again, Jesus appears through the locked doors into their moment of fear. Despite his physical new body. It's a glorified body. It's not limited as ours by doors or physical things. And there's one more point before I move to this that I want to point out. He has scars. He shows them his scars so that they might believe and see what he's done. Now, one note here, I don't believe that all of us in eternity will have these same scars. I believe Christ has these scars so that for all of eternity, people with him will see what he's done for us and have appreciation forever and ever and ever. Let's move forward. Point number one, officially. I've used that term point a lot. But officially, point number one is this. You see, fear's control keeps us from acting faithfully. But it need not be so. Because Christ goes through locked doors and into our presence. In fact, if you see this situation here, it is after they move from fear to gladness that they are commissioned by Christ and sent out to do his work. God does not desire for us to live in fear or be controlled by fear, but for us to work through our fear with him and be sent, to be sent to continue his work. In fact, did you know the Bible has, in one form or another, depending on translation you're looking at and what words you're looking at, over 300 times it has a phrase such as, do not fear. Depending on translation, some say there's enough for one for every single day of the year. Maybe some of you need that more than others. I would say we all need that reminder to do not fear. I'm sure we all have one that comes to mind to you. One of my favorites, I was thinking about this, this week a lot, this verse, Isaiah 41.10. 
Maybe some of you haven't memorized it. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I am your God. Look to all the things this God, the one true God, the God of the Bible does for his people and for his kingdom. And all of it comes to be, I am your God. Now I'm mixing scriptures, but Psalm 121 reminds us that he is the God who created the heavens and the earth. The God who does not slumber or sleep. The God who goes with us and that we can look up to. This scripture reminds us, this God, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Why do I share all this with you? I share it with you because I think we all need this reminder. Just like the disciples needed this reminder. And the disciples this day, locked in a room, would receive a physical reminder of Jesus appearing and saying, Look, peace be with you. Do not fear. That first peace, I believe, was a peace to show them, Look, peace be with you. I have gone to the cross. I have raised from the grave. Redemption of your sins is here. Reconciliation with God is here. Look, I am he, I am the Messiah, I am the Savior. Do not fear, do not fear. We'll talk more about that peace in just a moment. But I want to just say, I am no exception to being crippled by fear. My family is no exception by being crippled by fear and doubt. And we all need these reminders. Just this week, I received notice from my brother, Mike, who had his follow-up appointment with his doctors on Friday that his cancer is not being responsive to the treatments that he has, and he's going to be stopping his infusion, stopping the chemo pill he's on. And they're still looking to more treatments that they can have, but he was extremely discouraged as they used that word hospice. There's maybe one more type of pill they can have, and then hospice might be called It might be something which they start thinking about quality of life, comfort of life versus the medications. And that was hard to hear. You can imagine how hard it is for him to hear what's hard for his family as well to hear about these things. But one thing kept coming back to mind as I sent my brother a bunch of scriptures. It was do not fear. Have faith in God. And as I talked to my mom, I told her, Mom, the problem is we need not have faith in God for our temporary physical lives here. We need to have faith that we know that God has provided a life that goes beyond anything we can imagine. And it's beyond these physical bodies as we'll be brought into his presence and someday have perfect glorified bodies. That's what we have faith in. We have faith in God knowing that he is sovereign and he knows more than anything we can imagine and that he has a plan even in these things. Have faith in God. Trust in God. Do not fear, but by find strength in the fact that he promises us. He tells us, I am your God and I will strengthen you. I will help you. We all will get through this and we'll be better for it. We find strength in the fact that we have hope in Christ. Through what Christ has done, we've been reconciled and redeemed for eternity. But what about everyone else here? Not here, but in this world, there's a message to be said. And that's what Jesus will go in and tell people to do. 
when he's telling them, I'm commissioning you to go out, to be sent. He's telling them, you have a duty, and we do too. Let's get back to the notes here. We need not fear, but we must trust in God and his sovereignty and have faith. After the death of Jesus, the disciples were greatly fearful, and I think it's, it's understandable. They just watched Christ be flogged, be whipped, be persecuted, be spit on, be crucified. Might what happened to Jesus happen to him next? The scripture tells us they were fearful of the Jews. When would they come for them? Might they be the next ones to endure the same type of punishment? So they locked them away, and it's so, it, they locked themselves away, and it's so easy for us to judge them. But think of ourselves, how much do we lock ourselves away? And what about in a case like this? Do you think we'd go into hiding? But then Jesus speaks peace into the fearful lockers, the fearful locked rooms. That's my point too. And I've already spoke with it quite a bit. Jesus speaks peace to fear, speaks peace to doubt, speaks peace to discouragement. Jesus speaks peace, reconciliation, redemption from sin. And the disciples are glad to see the Messiah. And it's at this point, I'm going to skip forward some because we've talked so much about this already. It's at this point that Jesus gives them the jobs they're supposed to go and do. Let's move forward, though. Point three, seeing is believing. Jesus appears to Thomas. Have you ever heard that phrase, seeing is believing? Well, that's what Thomas was saying. He was saying, well, seeing is believing. Show me the proof. And Thomas, as much as he gets a pretty bad rep for being doubting Thomas, he's actually a pretty loyal dude. At one point, he said that he would go to war for Christ. He was willing, but he here was greatly doubtful. He didn't know what was happening. In Hebrews, in Hebrews 11, 1 and 2 Corinthians, we get a little different story than the seeing is believing. Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by faith, but not by sight. Yet look at the story we see in Thomas's life. Jesus personally physically appears before him. It says in verse 24, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You see, I think there's so much in these scriptures we can take out of it. There is just so much. One week doesn't do it justice. Part of me was hoping Ben would talk a lot longer so I could just give an intro and some big points and we could talk about it again next week. But here's what I want you to first see. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. I think a lot of our questions that we think we have when we come into the presence of God, they're not gonna matter anymore. 
I think Jesus appeared before him and says, put your finger here, see my hands, put out your hand and place it in my side. I don't think he even needed to do all that. Now, maybe there's some hidden things here that we don't know, but I don't think Thomas actually had to put his hand in his side. I think the moment he saw Jesus, he knew, he knew this is him. And he says, my Lord and my God, two of the most powerful things anybody could say. My Lord and my God. He's recognizing who Jesus is to him. He is his Lord, but he's also recognizing the deity of Christ. He is God. He is God. Only God could have overcome all that he's overcome. Thomas, for Thomas, seeing is believing. But then we also see this other thing. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And in this we see that not only do we receive a great blessing, because this is speaking to us. We don't see Jesus appear in the same way, but have no doubt God is at work and Jesus is at work still in lives today. And people are blessed when they come to know him through faith and through his word and through the Holy Spirit's working upon them. But Jesus also gives him as, as compassionate and graceful as Jesus was to him. I think Jesus also gives him a slight rebuke here. Have you believed because you've seen me? Well, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Let's move forward. Point number four, the final point. Move from doubt and fear to a blessed life of faith. If you know Christ, you know a blessed life. But sometimes we too get stuck behind closed locked doors. Sometimes we're together with others and we think it's okay because we're together. We're ministering to one another. Just like those disciples. But that's not our calling. Our calling is to go out to go out. We must move from doubt. Now, I get it. Doubt is part of all of our stories. Fear is part of all of our stories. And that's okay. Jesus can deal with it. He's not threatened by our questions. He's not threatened by our doubt. He's not threatened by our fear, but he does want us to not be controlled by it and instead see him and be glad. Just like the disciples that day, be glad and be turned from fear to a work of service to him. Do you have doubts? Hear Jesus' words, peace be with you and come to him. Do you have frustrations? Hear Jesus' words, peace be with you. Come to him. Are you discouraged? Peace be with you. Come. Are you tired and weary, overwhelmed by the chaos, the complexity, the fears of life? Peace be with you. God has given us the answer to all these things. There is eternal life to be found through Christ. Redemption, reconciliation through his death and his resurrection. Have faith, believe, find peace. Jesus meets us head on in our locked rooms or when we're wandering, fleeing away like Thomas. He says, here I am. Fear not, have peace, have peace. So what are we to do with this life that Jesus has left us with? As I wrap up here, I encourage us all, be like the disciples, Thomas included after the scene, not the locked up scene, not the fleeing scene, but the scenes to follow, the scenes we see in the book of Acts. 
Be the disciples who are bold. Be the disciples who are encouraged, who are confident and full of faith. Be disciples strengthened by the appearance of Jesus within your life. Controlled not by fear or doubt, but by faith in God and Christ. Go as commissioned individuals. Go as commissioned individuals. See, in the book of Acts, thousands would come to the faith. And now millions have come to the faith since. Disciples then and now are sent off with a mission and a glorious message of redemption, of reconciliation. But we must do it. Do the work. Go. We are to teach others the way, the truth, and the life. And that's Jesus. That's Jesus. You know this, Jesus? Trust in him. Trust in him. Share the message of Jesus with someone else this week. Be kind to someone in the midst of their doubts and their discouragement and their fears and offer them a greeting of a message of peace be with you. And tell them what that means. Tell them how you understand peace. Jesus is sending his disciples. Jesus is sending us, but we must have faith over fear. We must believe in Jesus and the power of his resurrection and be sent and continue his work. So don't be locked behind closed doors. Don't be fleeing the countryside. Don't be fleeing from the very people who are meant to lift you up and support you through your mission, but instead stand up and walk and go. Here's my two quick closing points I told you. I said there's two models we can see of which to follow, but also to toss aside, and it's this. Number one, you cannot stay locked in a room even if together you must go. The disciples were doing something good. They were together, but they also needed to get out. Secondly, Thomas, you cannot roam the earth alone. We need each other. We need each other. Thomas was doing something good. You can't say that he was locked behind a closed door. He was out. But he was still fearful and doubtful and denying Christ. Don't be that Thomas. Be the Thomas that would go all throughout the nation, declaring, proclaiming the good news of Jesus and the resurrection. Get out of your locked rooms and together proclaim the good news of redemption and God's love of and through Jesus. And number two, finally, it goes along with these two points. Speak the do not fears and peace be with yous of scripture into your life, but also the life of others. We can't get out of our, of our fear. We can't get out of our locked rooms if we don't recognize Christ and those do not fears of scripture and see how he continues to work in our lives and around the world. Let's close in prayer, and we'll have one closing song. As was announced earlier, we're not canceling Sunday schools. You can continue to go to your Sunday schools, but we do just have an extra option today. Ben will be in the fireside room drinking <coughs> Folgers coffee and having some fellowship or answering some questions. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for we can have faith over fear, and that faith is that you have sent your son Jesus to die for us, and we, not, we need not fear anything that can happen to us in this life, for we know where we'll be for eternity. May you give us guidance on how to interact within this life every day and how to use our relationships wherever we are. Maybe it's drinking a cup of coffee. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's with our families. Maybe it's just a stranger on the side of the road. May we say, peace be with you. 
and use these relationships to declare the glories of which we know to be true. May help us to see Christ appearing in your work, appearing all over the world. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please stand. Let's worship together. I hope you find this message encouraging for whatever fearful locked rooms you have in your life, but I also hope that it's convicting to us all. 
of what we should be doing with our life. There's one part we didn't get to talk about. I'm not going to preach on it here. But it does say that he told his disciples, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold the forgiveness from any, it is withheld. I just want to make it known, I don't believe this means they have the power to forgive or deny salvation. But instead, it's declaring to all of us that the power is in Christ, his blood and him alone. But we do have a responsibility to go out and declare, proclaim of where forgiveness and salvation comes from. Do it. Do it today. Do it everywhere. Thank you for worshiping with me. God bless. 